0: Hey, listeners, well, welcome to Varkarati, the sailing podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer. and it's that time of the week where we get to hang out with some really cool sailors. But of course, I have to share the mic with my two idiot mates. Yet again, it's only one. It's soon, we promise it's soon. But let's bring in the other bloke. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr, Mr. Nick Boss.
1: Oh, I see. Um, apologies to the listeners. Had a few calls today, um, which is we're recording on a Monday night. We normally put the pot out on a Sunday night, but mm. things just got 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 in the way. Father's Day, daughter's birthday, a few things. Um, speaking of which, mm. you're a wise man, Jordan. <laughs> Why? If there's one bit of advice you always gave me was never leave a forwarding address. Yes. So I'm guessing. You probably didn't get many cards yesterday, <laughs> so congratulations on that. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I've got no. a couple of stats for you. Despite your um, little poker bit of fun at the uh, at the Defender breaking down, yeah. I'll have you know, I was away in the Defender over mm. the weekend. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of stats. Okay. Um, pulled out two Toyotas that were bogged on the beach. <laughs> right. Um, I did see a Mazda. So I actually, instead of pulling it out, I pushed the piece of shit into the water (laughs) and just watched it drown. (laughs) I wonder where my car went. (laughs) No, um, good to be here, mate. Another massive uh, week in yachting. It's all firing up in Europe at the minute, coming to the end of the summer, um, which we'll delve into later. Mm. Um, And it's all kind of kicking off here in Oz too with a couple of opening days um, just happened. So, yeah. Indeed. We're in for a busy Busy month or so.
0: Yeah, no, no slacking this next month. Um, cool. Well, let's bring our guest in because uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I reckon this will be a lot of fun. We've got a long history with this bloke, and uh, we've made uh, we've made reference to him a few times on the show. Um, his illustrious uh, figure as he he sits astride his vessels and with his tattooed mane, and he looks so heroic in his action. Um, may, reason, may I just
1: say, yeah, Possibly the second. I'll say second best. Second best ink in the odding game. Oh. <laughs> he won a good ink game. Plus, plus, got to be one of the best mullets. <laughs> he rolled a bloody good mullet during the uh, last edition of the Volvo Ocean Race, and. I mean, he pretty much set a trend worldwide with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, well, I guess this week is a man who lives life to the fullest. He's a man of passion, and uh, he he's you know just genuinely trying to do the right thing all the time, and 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 the good thing. And he, um, I was thinking about this while you're away, landlocked or broken down in your defender. I was thinking we need to. When you look at the people working in the sailing world, the sailing jobs are outnumbered by the people behind the scenes. And so mm. I thought, you know, we really need to talk to some of these guys just to find their pathway. And so this guy obviously came to mind. He's done a couple of America's Cups, a couple of Volvo Ocean races, um, and he's now currently with the Sail GP with uh, um, Great Britain, Sail GP team, uh, and... You know, he's got an amazing life as well, it's just from the interesting pathway and things that he's done in his life. You know, like he's married to a dolphin trainer, uh, which I find quite hilarious—a a, a dolphin trainer from Chile. Um, but he's and the, you know, very passionate, loving relationship there, um, and just an all-round good guy. I've always enjoyed his time. So uh, let's welcome to the show Henry Woodhouse. How are you, but?
2: Hey, gents, how are you? Yeah, good to be on here. Thanks for the intro.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: mate, to though, I had to, I had to yeah. cut him off a few times. You should have seen the run sheet, mate, as long as you are. <laughs> oh,
2: mate. You know how mate. to make a man blush.
1: Te- tell, us tell us where you're at. Tell us where you're at.
2: The front of the party at the back, though.
1: Yeah, no, nah, you got to keep that real. Absolutely. Keep I want to see the real, square, the square sides a bit, if you could. You know? The
2: square sides. Yeah, just like what a, the
1: kids are doing these, right, these days. Yeah, above exactly. the year. To, yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, got to keep it.
2: Got, got a sick fade going on. Hang on. on, the,
1: on uh, I'm uh, just keep doing keep a young. screenshot. Yep, that'll go on the website. <laughs> All clear.
2: <laughs> run the moule. We're in France, aren't we? So it's got to be a moule here.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> None of this yeah. mullet behaviour, the moule. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. You get the old moule out. But yeah. No, good. Hey, uh, Great Speaking
1: of France, where are you? What's the... Current situation. Uh, current
2: situation pretty pretty shitty down here at the minute i'll just zoom out uh yeah we've got the uh you see the start marks down in san Pay preparing for the uh cell gp event down here uh yeah hopefully we can uh we can improve on the last event and and take off where we sh- where we should be in the leaderboard yeah mate <laughs> i
0: love it i love Parker's always in the background when we're doing stuff at the moment he's he's quite,
2: go. we've got appearance here live on the show we've got bar karate live Bargo.
1: <laughs> oh, coffee in hand ready to roll good 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 yeah.
2: good snack good snack routine no bit going of, on. bit
1: of
0: scrogging down there yeah, exactly yeah. i love it nice work love it all good I um I, I guess you know you've when we talk about last week we have to we have to how busy have you been over the last couple of weeks mate with uh, doing a few repairs
2: Yeah yeah like, like luckily most of it was just absolutely so broken that it was beyond repair and it was just putting new parts in so Okay that kind of saved a lot of work on those so I'd obviously lucky lucks luck's a very broad word to put in this situation <laughs> The, um, yeah, uh, the daggerboard was completely snapped, rudder was snapped at stock, and the case was also broken. That was the extent of our damage. Uh, we've had to get a new case from one of the spares, Paul, and, uh, and new daggerboard and new rudder, and we're just putting all that together and making sure it fits all all, all tickety-boo, as they say, and, yeah, we should be good for sailing on Thursday.
0: Maybe yeah, cool. Problems. That's good
2: to So, hear. big thanks to the tech team and what they do and getting behind us, because we've got massive support from the tech team. As I know, working with you by in the boatyard over, over time, you know, it's, it's a massive asset that some people overlook sometimes and especially, like you said, Jordan yourself, people behind the scenes that people don't really know how hard they work and they really do make this show go, you know.
1: What um, dag, is it port or starboard daggerboard? Oh, starboard,
2: starboard daggerboard,
1: uh, starboard. I was going to say, so. if it was the port one, you could give her a little tweak just for a bit more pace off the start line.
2: Well, you are in France,
1: so yeah. Why not? <laughs> or that doesn't
2: you know, But you know, just to get round the course. But obviously, that wasn't the case to be. Um, <laughs> the issue there can't can't really be yeah. avoided.
0: Yeah. Well, well, before we get too deep into that, let's let's get into you, mate. Um, you yeah, please. Um, you obviously came to the sport through your dad. So in the family, you know, like sailing was in the family. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Dad was Dab was a massive, massive sailor. Uh, so not not so much in the modern racing era, but on the Falmouth classic working boats. Who used to, you know, they dredge, I think it's the only stretch of water in the world that they still legally have to dredge the oysters under sail uh, oh. down in Falmouth and Cornwall england and they still do that now so they'll work the winters they'll be there at two three o'clock in the morning you know first light getting up there getting ready and they'll dredge no matter what what the weather or winter and then in the summer yeah. those boats turn into race boats and there's wow. racing all around the farmer Harbour uh, with the big color tops and yeah, I closed, and then through sailing down at down in cornwall uh, yeah and took it from there no, never did too much racing, but always was involved in boats and around the scene.
0: That's that's cool. I never knew about that. So they 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 dredged the, the oysters with the boats under sail. That's that's unreal.
2: Just, uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty out there skill, you know, pretty pretty hard thing to do, especially up the estuaries there and the Helford and around the Falmouth waters and the, the Carrick Roads as they call it. It's pretty impressive.
0: Can't wait to tell Andy Dyer that.
1: There you go. Mm, well, <laughs> I'm just Bob, thinking.
2: Bob Quiz, shit. You can win some money off that one.
1: <laughs> a bit, um, like if you're from the Solent, you're a bowman and a navigator at the same time because you're looking out for all sorts of shit. If you're from yeah. Falmouth, you're a navigator and a trawler at the same time. <laughs> there you
2: go. <laughs> yeah, you, you can back, you can back down those boats pretty well, I reckon, when
0: they're trawlers. <laughs> so you went from obviously, and then some stage you roll into racing because you did the Opti thing. Um,
2: it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Young age racing, and then 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 not. I didn't like my pathway in racing. It was more Oppie racing, and then I kind of went a little bit rogue in my teenage years, and, um, and then I ended up joining the military and did quite a, quite a lot of killboat racing in the military. Right. Um, but more weekends, you know. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a mega racer. You know, I've done a bit and lots of deliveries and offshore stuff, but you know, it's more more of a seaman and seamanship style, style that's helped me. Get to where I've got to now with the, within the within the trade, and having a, a good mind in engineering and things like that, I think's helped, and just kind of picked things up and have gone. The boat boatyard was a massive thing for me. Pathways wise, you know the boatyard I went in there as a boat builder working under Timmy Collins and Bicey and Neil Cox who took over in the second edition. i to see your beautiful head all the time, Jordan, walking around the race village and hearing your voice from far, far away. It's a big one, uh, but yeah. But basically, it gave us an opportunity because you know when you acquire in the in the boat building side of it, there was the riggers that were there, there was the hydro guys, there was the electrics, and you could just walk into each other. It was such a family, you know. You could just walk into each other's department and and pick up pick up and learn, you know. And that was a great thing for me that helped me put in, put myself in a position as a boat captain for the ic44s and then with this and doing not just the boat building but the mechanic side of it and now the hydrofoil systems and um, yeah so that that was a massive massive stepping stone for me i think and and being a keen learner and uh, not really being worried about too many things I think it helped
0: yeah
1: well, i guess mm. back, we- back to the back to the military quickly um, yeah. before actually your rank and position sergeant um <laughs> the oh, cool. <laughs> the actual uh, the sailing you did with them that it's quite big in the UK lot like, the different programs yeah. in place yeah right? there's, load, there's
2: loads there's loads of like cruising offshore each 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 base has its own like club that you can and they have a fleet of boats so it's great there's lots of opportunities especially doing offshore stuff and getting your yacht masters done and things like that um, and then you have you know I think there's quite a few teams that then go to compete in in a lot of events you often see I know down in the Whitbread, there was almost, almost always a, mm, a military, military team boat. of some sort, yeah. whether it was from the navy, military, yeah, paras, marines. Unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to do that, but <clears throat> it's definitely a big sailing ground, and well, especially in the navy, obviously being a maritime force, it's 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 uh, they they encourage it a lot, so that's good.
1: And um, obviously, the military took you quite a bit around the UK, but how about the rest of the world?
2: Yeah. Spent plenty. To be honest was really doing more around the rest of the world than on the UK, I, I actually joined, joined the navy when I was eighteen. Um, I did a flew straight out to the Gulf of Arabia, doing non-compliant boardings on oil smugglers coming out of the uh, of the Iraqi the Straits of Hormuz through there mm-hmm. and the uh, the the um, territorial waters. They basically follow the smugglers would come out of Iraq and follow the waters down, but because of the draft of the ship in certain areas, they had to come into international waters. And that's where we'd be following down, tracking down, and we'd pounce with a helicopter insurgent, fast roping down, and then you'd have the fast ribs that would come alongside. And by that stage, they are obviously doing a 180 and steaming back to Iranian waters, and you've got to make them stop the ship before they get back into those Iranian waters. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got a bit on. But, um, <laughs> so that was interesting. That's, that's when I worked with the Royal Marines Commandos, and that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. And I, I started, did a full circle after doing. 18 months in the Navy and took myself back to basic training and started all over again as a Royal Marine Commando. Did the basic training and then joined 40 Commando. Went away with them on a few tours um, of Iraq was uh, with the biggest biggest tour and then apart from that, lots of travelling around the world, doing training in different parts and generally having a bloody good time. Uh, what, so... Like
0: a weekend millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the coolest thing you did as a Commando?
2: I, I think that, like, one of the first things and one of the last things to do, to do uh, like actually doing like fast roping out helicopters, you know, it's pretty fucking cool. You, you, sorry, <laughs> it's pretty cool. You've got, you got two player, you've got a, you're like a pair of leather gloves and then a pair of welding gloves over, over the top. You've got your full fighting unit on and you literally are controlling your ascent rate by the, your grip strength. Yeah, Some obviously better than others with that grip strength. Sure. And, um, <laughs> and you basically turn out, the, out of the helicopter and you just and you say you're as fat you're as fast as you're brave bravest and obviously some lads a little bit too brave and uh, end up breaking their legs and things like that when mm. you're training mm. and also when ships move and it's coming up and down obviously you know so it's quite a tricky mm. thing to do um whereas you get the seals and the delta force they come out and they're on harnesses and they're very controlled but this is just literally by hand yeah, yeah. hand strength and down so that was a really cool thing to do Obviously, lots of lot, lots of other cool things going on, like the live firing in Nevada Desert, and you know, just generally playing with machine guns and big arms is pretty pretty fun um, to do it safely. Obviously, uh, yeah, yeah. But well, the lads, the lads in general, like that. And th- this is one joy of the sailing world that I found is there's. The lads and the banter that you get like you guys leading the way and that you know at bar karate it it's it, it's second to none you know you've got a ban- you know it's a little bit of a different level with the marines because you've got the band of brothers kind of thing you'll do anything for mm-hmm. you you'll have a beer with them at the end of the day you know whether you like them or not because you know that they're they're they're, they're willing to do anything for you and vice versa which which may not be the case so much in the sailing world but <laughs> you've got a, but you've got a, a good you know, and it's it, it's it's uh, it's a different level, you know, but it's very similar in that sense. Uh, that was really cool, you know. As one thing that I probably miss more than anything was is is that that le- that level of friendship that you get.
1: Mm. Now, can I ask the next obvious question? And seeing we have yeah. dropped the f bomb already, I'll drop it. How yeah. the fuck did you become a boat builder? Oh. From all
2: uh, the- how the fuck did I become a boat builder? Well, always interested in sailing, obviously. Left the marines. I had a friend who was in the military from Cornwall that was actually building infurling booms for Perini Navi in Italy. And it just so happened I was talking to another guy who was doing a bit of fairing and I just didn't really know what to do. I was going to go into private security and do bodyguarding. But it's kind of the whole, one of the reasons I left the military was to get away from the whole institutional side of it and be your own man sort of thing and not what they're molding you to be, which isn't a bad thing to some people, but it wasn't working for me at the time. Um, and he was like, mate, if you come and work for me, I'll pay you, the military are paying you, and you're basically doing work experience. And so I was getting like basically triple pay because I was getting paid by him. I was getting my my leaving the military pay and plus the actual standard pay. So it was basically money basically became, brought me into boat building and, and the love of the sport. But um, And you can imagine the first job, I was inside a 12-meter boom doing wet laminating of a furling mm. arm, thinking what am I doing here <laughs> in my combat in my military? Cause I had no other work clothes. So I turned up <laughs> reminded me this the other day in my, in my combat trousers, in my combat shirt, like, like fresh out of the military. They're yeah. like this lamb away. Wet lamb, absolutely covered in Ampreg 22. Wondering why <laughs> I'm getting angry with everyone. ampreg up. <laughs> no mask, no, you know, cause back in the day it was just like a tough, tough guy that doesn't want to wear a mask. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and did that, and then did a few race boats, and then went to New Zealand. Worked with Hakes Marine actually out in Petoni yeah. in Wellington, and that's where I started actually getting into the race boat and realised yeah this is this is a, a lot a lot lot more fun and got myself into the shore crew um, with Feng for the first edition of the 65 Volvo. Um, yeah, and just was a sponge and just tried to learn everything I can about all the other departments. And uh, I've seen to uh, keep getting drawn towards the mechanics and the winch kind of side of it. And yeah. And then working with the RC 44s and going to the America's Cup as a boat builder as well. And yeah, and it was just, once I found the shore crew side of it, it, it was a new, it gave me a new, gonna, at lease a life within the sailing industry because it was getting a little bit much being in a boatyard for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, each drone, but I was well, much as more. You- as you know,
1: Henry, there's – and I think I've said it quite a few times on the show, there's um, a lot of really good boat builders in the world, but to be a good boat builder and a shore crew at the same time because you got all those different elements, like you're living in sure. each other's back pockets, your, your, your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it is, they're all living with everyone as well. So it's a yeah. big thing. And some people just don't fit into it, but um, you – you feed in that mould pretty well,
2: yeah. And I think, like, like say ex-military, like it's it's what you're used to. You're living on top of each other. You're living. Mm. You're organised. You're on time. You know. You can you can handle your piss and get to turn up to work the next day, which is an yeah. important factor, as you, as you as we all know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, definitely. It, it, it takes a little bit more of a diverse person to be able to, you know, not, not this is my job and that's all I'm going to do. It's like, you know, he's been open minded and come and help us this, or, or see someone struggling, and you know, even if it's like, this is one of the joys of CLGP as well, is, you know, everyone's just helping each other and you see someone struggling a little bit, like, whereas the cup is very, very secluded, very secretive. And, you know, it's, 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 and that, that is one of the things that's really nice about CLGP, you know.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, b- by the way, i got a message while you two have been talking from Peter Goggins saying, thank you very much for the contribution to the Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Who by plays
0: the way. that? No, P- Peter. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> no, his son.
1: That.
0: Bill's son, Peter. Oh
1: um, yeah, young <laughs> yeah, young
0: Pedro. Yeah, young Pedro. Beauty. Um. Yeah, like so. I mean, it's quite the adventure, mate. Like when you started out, were you nervous? Were you certain that it was going to work out, or was it just like, oh, I'll just see where it goes to next?
2: Um. Yeah, I, I I must admit the most nervous I've been is speaking build up to speaking to you two today. and wondering <laughs> how you're going to try and <laughs> probably the point most nervous point in my career. But no, generally, no, not really, mate. I, I was I was lucky that it was a couple of guys I knew that I was working with and what I was into it. And obviously, everyone has those fear, you know, those nerves or fears or that oh, imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Can I do this? Am I, I going to mess it up? Or um, but. I think just being quite a confident outgoing person, it kind of, it, it was just, yeah, maybe broke it with trying to be funny. And that was, that was my
1: way. Of Plus the to, intimidating ink uh, as well. That does a yeah, lot to Yeah.
2: But yeah. think to scare people, you know, got make, yeah. Me, uh, and if it
1: gets a bit too op- far, just whip the shirt off, just flash the rig around a bit. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Start washing my, my dunnies in, in, in my, on the my six pack, you know. <laughs> I
1: love it. So, um, during that time, before we kind of dig into exactly what you're doing now, you've worked at yep. a few boatyards along the way. Any yep. like be it Hakes and Persico, whomever it is, a lot of different cultures to deal with, but all producing some pretty fine results. Any highlights and lowlights in that journey? Um
2: Yeah, I suppose they're all, they're all really good to work for. Persco, you know, Hakes was, was very much, you know, a good Kiwi boat builders that was, you know, very family oriented. Like you say, your beers on a Friday, barbecues every Friday. And that was, you know, that was really nice to be down there and explore New Zealand and uh, getting more opportunities that I think I would have got at, at European boatyards by just putting myself out there and just going, like, phoning up Hakes here and going, look, can, can I come out? And did it off my own back and got more opportunity to build race boats, which was great for great for me, mm. where at the time I was before super yacht kind of things. And that kind of give me that opening into the race shots and give me some experience in that. And then going to Persica, you know, Persica is an amazing, uh, an amazing yard that's got absolutely everything now is capable of producing all sorts. Um, the highlights are always the the people, you know, good people hanging out with good people uh, and having, ha- having spinning yarns and uh, obviously low lights, you could say that sometimes the workload and the build up to things and then going into night shifts. And I'd say one of the, one of the biggest, biggest, uh, can't drop the F board. Can I One of the biggest, uh, failures I'd say in my boat building career was being involved in, the Luna Rossa foils that they, they built in Persco straight into there in a the night shift, built the foils. They had these like massive mechanical arms to trim the, trim the, the, mm. the tips. Yeah. Went, to, went, went, went to put it into the, board cases didn't fit oh. uh, so but two guys working oh these are this was for the 70 70 uh 70 72 coke. yeah so they were big foils two night two 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 weeks of guys in night shifts basically sabering sawing the middle down this foil to then take a section out of it to then glue it back together to make ah. it fit in the board case
1: wow. <laughs> glorious
2: uh, had max Arena flying in you had Bertelli we flying in, the helicopter I think there was a football match going on and Nembro there and he just flew in with his helicopter, landed right in the middle of the pitch. Oh, what's going on? You imagine know, these <laughs> Italian screaming and shouting at each other and we're like just like we was just doing as we told. But and then uh Yeah, and then they didn't even use the foils. <laughs> <So, you know, laughs> uh, it's like, you know, that was like so much work and effort going into it and then they get packed off and they didn't even use them. But you know, but it happens. I'm sure there's been bigger, bigger, and worse ones, but you know, I think that was a that was in the early days. Where, but, but it was, yeah, that was that was quite a shocker.
1: Mm. Oh, that that was a bit of a loaded question. I must admit, because I knew the answer would be as far as highlights are concerned, are the the people and the different teams you work with, and building that camaraderie, in the sense that you could probably run into either one, any one of those dudes around the world now. That you worked yeah. with at some point in time and you've got that bit in common and you have a good chat and you had good banter at the time right
2: exactly i think a lot a lot of people in work they have a comp- uh they have a, what's it what's it called not accomplishments they have um acquaintances you mm. know and they and they work with them but they never really hang with them, out with them outside of work you know sailing outside the selling industry but the a sailing industry you could you could you could know you could can, can work with someone you get them really well you have a crack with them and then but then when you meet them somewhere else it's you know it's just take off where you left off and it's and you, you know and then if something happens to you and you've had a say you've had a shock on, the, on the water or something like that you will get messages from people that you just don't you know don't expect to. Is it and that, that's why I was going back to that whole leaving the military and having that band of brothers get bunch of mates you know that really that really is uh, what you get in the sailing industry and that, that's definitely one of the highlights for sure for me being able mm-hmm. to find that outside of the military.
0: It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. So you know, you've you've continued. What I, I find interesting is that you know, it's never an ongoing role. You know, like wh- when you go down this pathway, <clears throat> you don't know when it's going to come to an end. You know, like the the boatyard looked like it was just going to continue on. It was a great success. The race oh. was unreal, and then it yeah, disappeared. It- I guess I just—it sort of disappeared. And then, what I guess I was trying to say is that you know you don't know what's happening next. You know you've got a wife, you've got a couple of kids, and you think, oh, where's the money going to come from next? But for you, you know, you've just continued on better and better and better. So, like, do you ever—is any of that stuff ever get you nervous, or you've always been—you've always been sorted?
2: I've kind of grown to 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 get used to it, and it's like I was talking to Steph the other day, like you know, because things things happen and the yachting industry. And it seems like, like we, we, I moved my whole family to Portugal after living down there with a the boatyard. We did the race. My family came with me. It was great, amazing experience. We thought there was going to be super 60s and we were going to be down in, uh, and we were like, right, let's move back to Portugal. Didn't happen, unfortunately. Boatyard kind of phased out, which is a, a damn shame. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I've moved my whole family to Portugal. I'm here. There's, there's no real work there's lots of work in portugal but not really on the on the level that uh, of salary wise and pay and things like that you know that's good for the family obviously um and it's you know and you're like shit. what am i gonna do mm. right, and i'm and it but i was kind of relaxed about it but over the years you get to that point where like it, it kind of there's nothing and you think you think you've got nothing and all of a sudden you, you've got four different things coming up you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah there's definitely a there's definitely some, uh, some nerves to deal with. Um, but I've kind of learned over the, over the years that it, something will, work, will come, something will come. Yeah, well. It, it, and it always happens. At,
0: at least, you know, you're living in, in Portugal, which is a fantastic place. It's been. Yeah, and, you know, you can go surfing, you and Rob, off, young Robert, off surfing and living that sort of lifestyle and, you know, dollar.
2: It's great. I'm basically semi-retired. I come away <laughs> and work and I go home drop the boy off at school, go surfing, make sure the wife's all right, maybe do some work on the house, go home, hang out with the lad after school or do his clubs or whatever, and, yeah, and back yeah. away working again.
1: Yeah. Not not to uh, forget, go to the best chicken shop in the world, <laughs> Don yeah,
2: Down Don mate. Down the frango. <laughs> Going chips. Uh, Rightio, oh, so
1: yeah. all, all of that has has got you to this position now you're sitting in front of us in saint tropez um not only as um like looking at all the systems and the boat building side but you're also one of the divers
2: yeah so i i joined when i joined cell gp to start i joined it was a, a bit of a different team from what it is now and i joined as one of the One of the boat builder straight mechanics because I'd done a little bit of winch work and stuff, and I was I was uh, a boat captain for the RC Forty Four Charisma with a bunch Mm -hmm. of very good men on the boat, Um, and we did the first season. There, there was a takeover by the Ineos um, team, and like, the, and then all shore crews reduced down, so they needed more diverse people. Because in the first season, there was a diver, there was a foil guy, there was a mechanics guy, there was a boat builder, there was a shore boss, there was a chase boat driver. You know, so that they were pretty pretty stocked up on shore crew. And then when the, they they basically made the tech team became bigger, the, the teams themselves become smaller. And there's only three shore crew uh, as a as a general rule of thumb on most teams. Some got some people have brought in younger like apprentices, to, so they've got a fourth uh and at that time i was like didn't really know if i was going to have my job or anything because the role was going to need to be a diver or a bit more of a diverse role i wasn't sure where that where i was going to fit in there um and i just shaped and but from day one week one i was always asking about the diving role and if we could have a secondary diver i'd be really keen on that you know it's something that really appealed to me um and yeah and then when it came came to it um i spoke to some good friend chris draper about i sent him an email reminding her about my military background and i've done diving and i had diving experience and obviously been involved in some conflicts as well so you know hopefully quite quite good under pressure um yeah and put it to him I was that like, employ me mate give me this job i can do it this is, this is all about me i can still do the four mechanics and, uh, and the system the bearing systems and stuff i can still do a lot around the boat i know the boats have done a season and i'm a diver and i can learn quickly and yeah luck, luck, luckily uh it, it came back and and i was and i got given the role which is is absolutely i actually thrive off it i'm i'm absolutely frothing as they say to be part Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's great and it's it's almost like over the years of being a boat builder and then being involved in other things and shore crew and like developing my skill set um uh, but then always having a little bit of a you know in the military you're on the they could say you are on the pointy end you know you're at the front you're in the fr- front line and you know you, you don't you don't you find it's hard to find that in de- general day to day life civilian life uh, you know sailing sailing world more in the racing scene but I wasn't really in the racing scene these days so that that was me yeah finding that, you know i've got my i've got my harness and i've got my knife and i've got my spare air and i get to check the guys and i've got responsibility about people's lives and it's very much Part that that was missing from from when I was in the military that I, that I that I used to enjoy, um, yeah. So it's 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 great. So and that's how I've felt, fallen into this role. Well, like you say, make your own luck. We've talked about before, Jordan, and, yeah. you know, and I think that's pushing it and having confidence in yourself and just going, look, I can do this. Give me a chance and not
1: and taking it on. I must admit, Jordan's probably guilty of this more than me. He really ripped the piss out of you at one point in time. <laughs> He, he was basically explaining the diver, and uh, within the sail GP, and that Henry Woodhouse is the man. Like you could almost see him with the knife in his mouth, diving I, in to cut someone free. Um, I must admit, I then took over at that point. in time. It's not a knife; he's just got a shark, a shark tooth tied around his neck, and he uses that to cut someone free. <laughs>
0: Even sharpen
2: my teeth. One of my teeth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just- <laughs> so, mate, there must um, hell a hell of a lot of training involved in that. Is that a Sail GP initiative, like you must yeah. have someone who is trained to a certain level to be the official diver?
2: Yeah, it's a- exactly that. There, there, there's, there's a level that needs to be, and obviously from day one, week one, it was very new with the whole Sail GP thing. And over, over the years, it's developed, and they're doing a great job of making sure people have the correct first aid training, so they have they've got like a paddy rescue diver training yeah. and also, also you know that they're, they're the training they have on the water the first aid is a higher level there's trauma 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 training we're doing mm. uh, started doing this season now where we go around tents and we're actually doing active training on like removing people on on spine boards and things like that and going through different scenarios making sure the safety boats all have the same amount of uh, equipment in the first and they have the same equipment in the same place you know very much in the yeah. military everyone's so I knew my compass in my left pocket. My my tourniquet was in this pocket, and that's what they're trying to standardize everything and, and make, make it so it is covering every uh, scenario that they can. Um, there's also a chat about uh, a fitness level coming in, so being able to sw- similar to a beach lifeguard, you know, being able mm. to swim a certain di- swim underwater for a certain different dif- distance, pulling your body up. You know, when when I had to go in the water in Cadiz because we, we we tipped it over there. You know, you have to jump in the water and you have to pull yourself up onto the from the dagger board to get to the writing lines. So after you've done the safety sign off of the guys, the head count, everyone's okay. You're into the seamanship side of it. Uh, yeah, so it just just being able to pull your own body weight up is a massive thing that people could overlook, you know, because, you know, the same industry, sometimes it can be, oh, yeah, I know, mate of mine, he's a GC, you know, he can come in and do the job, but, yeah. you know, he may not have the training and, you know, it's a bit of a mates club sometimes. Mm. Uh, and obviously, we need people to be able to, uh, fulfill their role correctly. So there's the the yeah. There's a, there's a lot of training going on, which
1: is We're, which is good. Word has it, Henry, that Russell's been chatting to Led Hamilton, and you're all off for a uh, for a winter retreat to Hawaii. And Led's going to teach you some uh, like some breath holding techniques. You got to walk <laughs> yeah. along the bottom with his pole and all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, why not? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I don't, I'll hold I'll hold him to that. I'll tell him that you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you <laughs> never know what might happen, <laughs> but
2: I'm, I'm always keen. I'm keen for anything.
0: <laughs> it's good. Yeah, Lads Le- a different character, so I'm not sure I'd rush to that one. But anyway, um, the yeah, yeah. the the thing about the, the the rescue diver element is you've had both extremes there, my friend. You've you know you literally have had to go into the water um, and do the rescues make sure you've got everyone safe, and then as you said, right the boat. But then again. You know, the odd princess rolls into your your boatyard, and you uh, you get to put your harness and strap her up, and and make sure she's safe. You know, like there's the pluses and minuses, mate. How 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 did the princess go?
2: It was great, mate. She was she was she was a lovely lovely lady. It was yeah. It, it's you know because you see her, you see her on online and everything, and it's always but yeah, she was really chatty, really involved. Got on the boat, did a great job, managed to do a safety sign off. Told her royal Heart, highness that her royal harness was ready for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it right. kind of. It was, I'd, I'd right, it funny I funny and. And then obviously you put, did a, Did her safety sign off? She's obviously done some safety training before she comes on the boat, like all the guests do. And then you pass them onto the boat and just treat her like any other guest. Um, but obviously, a very very uh, in in the sense of the safety wise. Uh, put her onto the boat. Told her about the safety. And if anything happened, where to hold on. We've got like a bit of a brace brace position that we tell them about. Um, connected her onto a safety tether, and said, passed her over to uh, to Ben and, and said, um, you know, just tell Ben and he'll tell you about crossing the boat and things like that. And as I was climbing off the boat, I heard her say to Ben, "Is all that really going to happen?" Because I was obviously <laughs> talking about capsizing to hold on to and everything. Ben's like, "No, no, don't worry." <laughs> uh, Although, although in the Commonwealth game, they did a race, they did have a little fruity movement going around the top mark and they had a bit of a wheelie and we are like, oh, 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 nope, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it but no, that was a great experience. You no, know, And that, that's that's one of, the, one of the joys of this role, you know, you get to get up and close and personal with the VIPs as well as doing your day-to-day role and mm. meeting some cool people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: yeah. Right up and close and personal with them, obviously. I, I did notice... I did notice, Henry, when she turned up, there was a couple of cops came and stood quite close to me to move me, just <laughs> make sure that stupid Aussie wasn't going to do anything. Um, yeah, so. you
2: just we got that face. You just look like a bit of a threat, mate, that they probably just had to move you to one side.
1: Yeah, it's all the AI just spanning around, panning <laughs> around when it gets to you. <laughs> do, do, do,
0: do. Yeah, we'll aim for this bloke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you- <laughs> so with um, one of the things about you know the way your mind works mate is that you know you're always looking for that that next best way to do things looking to improve the process and i know for a fact that you came up with this whole system where the spare air system that's on all the boats and now do you want to just you know like yeah you, sure that's yeah. a life changer that was, that was, yeah that was uh,
2: actually me and harry mcgoogan who you guys know very well that was
0: mm. me and mm-hmm. him we, we
2: the project and and then we sent it off to someone who was more capable of printing it you know he's got a mini printer at home but it was basically the spare airs the the guys have their safety vests they have their knife they have their spare air on their vest and they also and they also have in the boat we have two spare airs forward and aft on both sides so four total and at the time there were we're always looking looking to try and improve sustainability things as well as improve the make, make things a bit more professional um and these spare airs were basically cable tied on in every position you know it was a lot lot of cable ties being used every season i think we worked out it was like two thousand cable ties over the season and that was a driving point for it for me as well because obviously they get ditched and a lot of them end up in the sea which is about so how today. many
1: your average spark you would use putting a compass wire in
2: well this is <laughs> this is we're, we're, we're working with the sparkers closely but they're a hard they're a hard it's a hard it's a hard sell you know um and yeah, and and so we just thought we could make it better. You know, it was it was one of those typical cable type bases that Sparky uses, and they, these sparrows are held in uh, held in place. And so we thought we'd try and make it a bit more pro and a bit less, a bit more sustainable. So me and Harry made these like. Uh, stage one clips in his with his printer and in my garage and then we developed from there and then we got we got someone someone else to to print them off and uh we did a sea trial they worked they didn't fall out they worked well and then cldp brad marsh took took it on and, and like the project and now it's fleet wide across the project everybody has them so mm. that was pretty cool to be part of yeah. Yeah,
1: good now on. um did you do this out of love just because you love the boat so much or thought we have the perfect solution um, no, I only did it. You'll you'll be paying top dollar for these, Brad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was basically I get my commission, and I got a video made about it that was shared everywhere. So that's the only reason I did it.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, <laughs> actually,
2: purely for the for the love of the dolphins, mate. That's love right, of the dolphins.
0: Oh, yeah, of around, course.
2: You know. that was one thing. And I, when you you see something, and it could be could be a bit more pro, a bit better. It was like mm. you know, there's a lot. Thought going into these boats, and there was it was still early days, and it was like, well, if we can make little things better and make them more pro, then let's do it.
0: Yeah, Well, well if, done. if you do the timeline, basically, Henry came up with this idea. He's he's married to a um, a dolphin trainer, a lady that has a lot of passion for the environment and uh, and the marine space, and uh, I think he was a he was the father of one son. Um, back in those days, and then the new idea came up. He's he's gone home, told Steph about it, and uh, now he's Nine got a months second. Nine much later, shazam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, easy as that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, easy. That's one idea I've had in, in ten years. So you know, I'm
0: not <laughs> at least you rewarded you, mate. That's all I'll say. Um, uh, no, it was good.
2: The ironic thing about the dolphin trainer is when I was in the military, that was my go to chat up line for girls because you have dolphins in, in the military uh, dolphins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that are trained to scan dolphins. Yeah, you dolphins, yeah. Everywhere I went, I like heard about these and, and, I, and I was like, yeah, dolphin trainer. Yeah, and then, oh my God, like melting in your hands because you're dolphin. My mates flipper and all that, all that sort of thing, and uh, yeah, ironically, I got trapped by a dolphin trainer, and she and she got the got the rock on her finger. So there you go.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, actually, speaking of uh, we, one thing about Barkerade, is we do have some passionate supporters, uh, and probably you know the guy that fights for the number one role in that uh, is a bloke called John Schaefer, um, who.
1: Now we promise none of this will go to air, but. What's he really like <laughs> in real life, Henry? <laughs> well, Does I he deserve to get listener of the year? That's what I'm asking.
2: I think, I think he could definitely be in the nominees for listener of the year, if, <laughs> if not take. He, he was a really nice guy. Like You guys put me on to him. He came down. He's obviously doing some great things with the Swim of the Watch, um, uh Course that he's doing qualification, and I was really when you when you when I heard about from you guys, it was really interesting to see what he was doing. And he was he's a local boy from Chicago, so he came down to Chicago. We tried to drown him as hard as we could on your boys' call, but unfortunately, he managed to get the uh, blitz, black rubber thing, mm. the black rubber. Yeah, um, seemed seemed quite comfortable with that in his mouth. uh <laughs> He and he survived. So he 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 then got we got him out on the boat with Tommy Ella. Tommy yellow another legend of the, the trade on the court, our chief marshal here. And he, and he got to see what it was about from their side of things. And then he went on a, on, a, on he had a, I think he had quite a good weekend. Yeah, good. Um, and it was good to see what he was doing because we were kind of doing a similar thing at the minute uh, with with SLGP and making sure we have SAPs and set qualifications and everything it was really black and white, you know, to make sure everyone's trained in the right way. Uh, and then for the biggest part, you know, to make sure the safety side of it, that no no lives are lost and minimum damage mm-hmm. is done. Um. So that was really yeah. He he's a great guy. I had a had a drink with him afterwards. Really genuine guy. He's an ex military guy as well. So
1: yeah, it yeah. was uh right. John, was good. you survive
2: Beach another together. week,
1: oh well, mate.
0: There's a the reason yeah. I brought it up is because when he we got him on the show and he gave away a hundred of his rescue swimmer manuals. Like he he you know because he's quite passionate about it. And he sent me a note. I don't know if you got it as well, Bryce. But he sent a note during the week. You I think you're broken down in the Defender somewhere. Um, probably. Yeah, yeah. So. He's been quite passionate about the whole, um, that rescue swimmer and getting it out there and now he's done a whole bunch of videos on it and um, he he did send a note and I'm pretty sure uh, that he's put it out live, so uh, yeah, he's filmed, here we go, I found the note, he's done all the modules for the rescue swimmer, it's so important that all modules are online free, we want to make it available for all, so we will... We will still charge for the certification, but the certification must be hosted by a club, which then retains 70% of the revenue. Um, thanks for all you guys, too. You've inspired me to do better. So, on his website, there you go. Cool as that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, I don't. I th-
2: does listen to you just for that for, mm-hmm. the,
0: for, the, for the industry, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd just go to Ministry of Sailing and and uh, have a look. But yeah, if you want to do that, rescue swimmer and oh, Parko in shop before he he was rescue swimmer on uh, on uh, for the, his boats on the Ocean Race. So Parko has always been thrown into the ocean. Um, I think maybe just because they're trying to get rid of him, but <laughs> 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 don't tell him I said that. I was a joke, all right. Yeah. Uh,
1: We'll yeah. see Jordan next uh, next round with a pretty fat jaw.
0: Yeah, from Parker. That's mm,
1: right. It'll match the yeah. rest of your noggin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> mate. It was just a joke. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we have to we have to be difficult for you, my friend. p oh, right. you know, like there's been a couple of crashes. There's been uh, there's been the flips. There's been uh the the circumcision of Team Japan. Um there's there's where you've been doing some dredging work in Copenhagen. It'll, what's going on?
1: The dredging. Oysters. Bloody <laughs> oysters in Copenhagen, let me tell you. Was the there's a things. lot going on. Going back
2: days, hey uh
1: Henry, what are you doing? I'm just shaping this like a oyster dredge. <laughs> By the way, I heard there's some over there.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's back to the farm of working boat roots. <laughs> under sail, wasn't it yeah. yeah um yeah there's been a lot of there's been a lot of collateral damage over over the few seasons i i think a lot of it's to do with the guys like sailing very aggressively really wanting to win you know that you know like anything and these boats being you know going back to the cup when these boats were sailed you know there weren't, wasn't anywhere near as many boats on the start line the nature of the course the nature of um the pressure of competition you know and just pushing things as hard as possible and uh, you know there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of uh push on the media side of the best sailor in the world and all this thing and you know people Mm -hmm. claiming it not claiming it and i think you know that probably probably is uh a factor in some of the guys minds who are are driving these boats and you know um just pushing boundaries i suppose trying to trying to get the best out of your boat and and uh and yeah a bit of of luck or unlucky unlucky as the case may be um, gelling as a team you know, some guys have had lots of changes in teams, and they, you know, that that probably it's probably hard to to not have to, to have con- continuity of the same guys sailing all the time and how they work with each other, and you know, um, yeah, they're also they're also bloody fast boats, and you know, the reaction time of them and things like that, and the visibility of them sometimes can be a little bit hard with uh, displays and things, and looking getting to trying to look through the wing, and you know.
1: So speaking of the whole gelling thing, um, you've probably you've probably witnessed it, especially the last let's say the last season and definitely start of this season, there's quite the dominance from the Aussies and the Kiwis weren't really to be seen. Whereas yep. now we've just seen the Kiwis take out the last two, right? Is that yeah what right. would you put that down to? Is that feel, gelling as a nice, team? It's nice. just that extra little percent that they needed?
2: Yeah, I think well the Kiwis have generally always been really good in the teamwork side of things and getting people, you know, a really good bunch of lads uh, in, in most Kiwi teams that have been around. Um, I think there's definitely an element of that. They, they seem like a real solid unit from the outside, you know. Um, and I, I, as I understand it, they've just kind of done it their own way when lots of other teams have just been watching. And obviously, they all get the, the data from each other of what the other teams are doing in certain manoeuvres. And I'm sure they've used that to some extent. Uh, bringing in Razor has probably probably been a massive mm. thing for them, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and time, you know, time will tell. Everyone when they first get in these boats is a little bit, you know, a little bit loose. And over time, they you know, you see what the other boats are doing. You can, but I think like you, like you you basically nailed it. Then the ge- the gelling side of it, those guys are solid, you know, and uh, you know the, that 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 is a massive part of it as well as the performance side of it. And that, so they can just relax and get on with it. Very relaxed on the boat, you listen to the comms on their boat compared to some of the other boats. There's hardly ever any effing or screaming, or you know, so you know, if something goes wrong, Pete's very, very, um, very calm and very, oh, okay, yep. I, that
1: I, I do yep. laugh because I reckon some of the comms that come through your earpiece <laughs> in Sale GP could be quite fruity at times.
2: <laughs> if, if, if you only, if yeah, there, there's plenty of swearing going on our boat sometimes, you know. Uh, it's a very passionate team, so <laughs> uh, there's uh, yeah. Luckily, we don't have a swear box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: so, um, what what are you seeing here for France? I just had a look at the weather earlier. It could looks a bit light and uh, kind of westerly over the weekend. Willing to change? yeah,
2: fruity Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday is going to be uh, lightish. Uh, yeah, back on. Be on the LABs, the uh, light airboards, and the big wing. Yeah. The big wing to start, I think, on Thursday, and then Friday we're we're going the uh, middle wing, and then uh, HSBs, and then the chat is on Friday, oh, Saturday, Sunday for racing. It's LABs and the large wing. So but obviously things can change. Oh, last, year, last year, last here with the uh, swell, you get all the chops from all the, all the super yachts about in the bay, and it just bounces off each corner, and it was quite, quite, quite a, quite a uh, experience being out there in, in swell with these boats, light wing yeah. and swell.
0: Just for the listeners, HSB High Speed Board, LAB Sorry. Light, air light board. Light board.
2: <laughs> the um, rudders, the rudder have two different sizes for those as well yeah. that can be interchanged.
0: Yeah, uh, we we we've had a few people write in, so sometimes you guys just are too much. It was just too tight to it all. But um, now one of the things before you know, like you're in the build up at the moment. Is recording this and we'll publish this straight away. So. Um, Next weekend is Sale uh, GP. One of my roles, I, I'm in floating around with you guys quite a bit in the build-up and on the in the mornings. One of my favourite things, my friend, is watching you come out on the boat to the crane where you're you standing. Um,
2: Roman chariot.
0: You look like a charioteer, mate. You look like a charioteer, just giving directions. Yeah. It's, it's.
2: I tell you what, be I've been get get more shit from doing that role than anyone, everyone else around the around the. <laughs> I ever done doing a role in my life.
0: Think,
2: yeah, because we found it, we found it, so it's a great thing to have someone on the platform just guiding the guys when because we push the boats around by hand when we're going out to the crane and coming back uh, and getting back in the shed and coming under the wing when we're, when we're due to launch. A lot of bar karate going on here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, good. <laughs> I love it.
2: Uh, yeah, and so I kind of, Jump up on the jump up on the boat, large and in charge. Maybe not so large, but in charge anyway, and, and crack the whip and get the guys pushing, oh, pushing, oh, that, pushing, mate. In and yeah, it's my moment of glory. So well, this when we're-
1: specifically called when people take the piss a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. The best yeah. thing to do is absolutely own it. Own it. So oh, if I- we do not see on the weekend, mm-hmm. you dress in a full garb of white with an actual whip. And but playing Julius Caesar, something's wrong, man. You need oh, to own I, this.
2: Definitely seeing me cracking the whip. I always give it one of those when people give me shit. But get my chariot again. Giddy up, giddy up. We got two grinders at the back of the boat as well. So. Feed,
1: and up. when I finish this, feed me some bloody grapes,
0: will
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> back. Right, look, bring, give guys an isotonic sport drink. <laughs> feed me some grapes me
0: down. Okay. Well, he, here we go. I'll, I'll give you the challenge. So, your social media team, they're, they're obviously looking for ideas because, you know, Sale GP always looking to put out stuff. So, one, I'll give you a bunch of things for the social media team. One, obviously the grapes. Get him lying on the tramp after <laughs> and just having a few people feeding him grapes. <laughs> Two, get the, the charioteer helmet and just get some yes. video footage of him doing that. The other thing yeah, is.
2: Huh? Get a broomstick and down and put it on put it on one of my helmets yep. or a dustpan or something. Yeah, that, that
0: would work. Bit. It, it looks like a, it looks like a tabernacle as well. So you could get the priest garb and you could be just you know doing a sermon from the uh, the tabernacle there. <laughs> we just come up with some ideas and every week you put up a new one. You could just got to come up with ten ideas and every stopover you've got Henry in a different outfit from the uh, the, the the king position, mate. We love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, good. It <laughs> doesn't sound like he's going to embrace it, mate. No, no. Oh. Cheval Blanc,
1: we could call it. The Cheval Blanc just pulling, that's all I want, to pulling the boat out by a couple of white horses. <laughs>
2: We'll see what, we, see what we can do. I'm sure we can do some sort, some sort of funny or gift yeah, yeah. or something. I don't know. If
0: you've got the chariot helmet on, hopefully put get a horse head and stick it on one of the guys at the front. That'd yeah, be no,
1: that probably wouldn't go down too well the horse's head because in <laughs> France <laughs> everyone would be eating it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get my leg chopped
2: off to try and chalk <laughs> it.
1: Uh,
0: cool. T- hey, um, I notice uh, – what's Robert now? Is he 10 or 11, is he? What's he about that? Dan and Maximus,
2: my youngest is
0: one. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So I noticed he—he's uh, got the engineer. I want to be an engineer. I think he put up just the other yeah. day. Is that inspired by what he's seeing you do?
2: Oh, possibly. I think he's—he's he's, yeah. He—he does—he does one of those every year when he goes to school. And yeah, and he's been—he's last year he wanted to be a motorcycle racer, and this year he's an engineer. But uh, but it always seems connected with some sort of motors or engineering. And mm. yeah, he—he's obviously the circuit and he's had base tours and I've shown him round and dressed up dressed in Plymouth it was great to have him down there and got dressed up in my my safety gear as well and and he seems really interested in that side of things science and engineering and yeah for sure I'd love to think that it is from what I do and and that that's inspired him because you know he's my hero so hopefully if you can do that that's great
0: so if he said you know dad I want to do do the same thing want to work the boats would you be happy with that or do you think it's a challenging life
2: no, I'd kick him out of the house. <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd, I'd embrace it. I, 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 you know, I, I, sometimes you, you know, you, you get a little bit um, complacent with what you're doing and you find yourself having a whinge about what's going on around you and this isn't good enough or that's not good enough. And then you take a step back and go, bloody hell, you know, I'm, Going, going to all these places around the world, and still get time off at home in between. Getting paid a decent salary. So if he wants to take it on, then yeah, I, I'm all for it for sure. And I'd, 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 I'd any kids that want to get out there and get travelling, get involved in the shore crew side of it, and just take it on and, and get into it because it's it, it's a great life. Your wife, your wife might not say that, but but you know, they won't, they won't complain when they're when they're you know. It, but it's it, it's great. Working away for me is great. It's always been part of my life since I was a, uh, an eighteen-year-old, basically, and and sitting. It's it's good, but you need to find an understanding wife for
0: sure. <laughs> I love it. Uh, cool, mate. Uh, we're just about done on time, so I'll just throw it to boss. You got anywhere you want to go next, mate?
1: Well, I do, but probably not for the airwaves. Oh. So we <laughs> might hold that for another version of Bar karate <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes, but yeah. um. Mate, you have perfectly rounded off and echoed a lot that I've been banging on about for quite some time on the show, um, and just specifically that, that that last little bit there. If you kids out there or anyone out there for that matter who wants to take it, just take it on. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's what's would- the worst thing that's going to happen? So, and we've been lucky enough to see some pretty good stories come out of radio and people kind of getting a little bit inspired and going towards the the boating scene for that matter but as for becoming a shore crew you need that that element of being happy living out of people's back pockets all those sorts of things which you do very well so thanks for joining thank henry
2: no oh, thank you gents it's been an absolute pleasure yeah uh, that's that's great
0: hey, appreciate it. B- before thanks, I, before we sign off but uh, who's sponsoring the uh, french event
2: uh Range Rover.
0: Range Rover, right. That It wasn't that. No, it was Land Rover that made the Defender. I was just and
2: But they the, they didn't make it. They broke down on the way. So they had to
0: get Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love no, no. it. It suits the
1: rosé yeah. drinking.
2: <laughs> yeah. I like water here. Definitely got a bit of pink dust this morning. So, mm. But no, it's all, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I if think you can. Got-
1: While you're there, if you can pick up my credit card at Café de Paris, (laughs) um, please do so. I strategically leave leave it there. It gets you in the next day, no problem.
2: (laughs) Perfect, mate. No worries.
1: Cool. All right, bud. We'll catch you. Thanks, Henry. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Have a great
0: weekend.
2: Thanks, guys. Nice one.
1: Um... One of the good ones, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, Henry. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a good one for us also to do, like as self-confess, not really the racer of whom we generally interview, but someone who makes up eighty percent of what happens in the real world, yeah. especially at that at that um the pro end of the game. Because what you see on the water is a small, small percentage of what really goes on, and you need guys like that, guys like Henry with his enthusiasm and his keenness to make shit happen, of yeah. which he does.
0: Yeah, he's got got—he's got a boundless energy, that lad. Yeah, it just, it's a valuable
1: good. part of the boatyard when mm. that was all mm. put together and, um, mm. you know, he was, well, and you now see where these guys are now. It's mm. bloody fantastic.
0: He described himself as a happy hooligan. And that's probably the best mm. best description of a bloke I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> Could probably get a little bit looser at times, I'd, yeah. I'd say, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, good. Very cool. Um, cool. All right. Well, well uh, Henry, thanks for joining us, mate. Love chatting again. Um, it's good to see a bloke doing so well. And uh, he does. He embraces the environmental side as well in a massive way. Mm. So Yes. Um, club events. Got one for you. Mm-hmm. Got one for you indeed. Young. Do tell. Um, Rob cummin All right. Even pro- – obviously, we've mispronounced his name a few times. What? Q-Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Q-Mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's actually put the pronunciation there. Hobart is opening uh, their season. Uh, they've got the pipe opener on the 16th to 18th September, the Southern Tasmania sailing season. Uh, yes afternoon night race usual friday night party live bands fire pit shenanigans saturday afternoon race in the channel different courses for the categories racing in the channel can be challenging with different tides and winds and then sunday a race back to hobart always a great event all different Mm. yachts crew expenses a great way to shake out the boats and cobwebs how about that that's a great sounds like a great event to be involved in um in fabulous Tasmania, which I spent all week in, and Rob did reach out, and we never quite hooked up. I sent he sent me a note. I said oh, I'd be available bugger. Thursday night. Yeah, right. And um, no, we didn't uh, we didn't get in touch, which is a bit of a habit of mine. I'll be honest; I'm not the world's greatest at that these days. I'm getting old. Um, anyway, you
1: know what? We've got to spend more time in Tasmania. It's um I saw the weekend hammer on SMB with Troy Graffin from yep. um, down there, yep. uh, who and. They're just a bunch of good bastards yeah, yeah. down there. So it's, it's good. Um, good. We look forward to going live. Actually, mm. Sharpie Nationals could be an opportunity. Mm. Um, mm. Oh, this year being held down in Tassie, so
0: cool. Yeah, good place. I can make that happen. Just
1: got. I just got to bloody make it to Hobart one day. We'll see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the boy who never would make it. All right, Jack Lloyd, listener of the week. Um, have you got any nominations? Because I reckon I've got a no-brainer.
1: Um, nothing that stood out as such, let me say that. Um, but do tell, do tell, my
0: friend. Mike Khalil from Colorado. He says hello from Colorado. Fantastic place for those who have mm-hmm. never been to Colorado. Absolutely fantastic place. Loves our podcast. Became an advertiser over the last year. Turned some of his crew onto the pod as well. This past weekend, his club hosted the 51st Annual Dillon Open Regatta on Lake Dillon, Colorado. We sail at 9,017 feet above sea level and happy to claim the rights of having America's highest yacht club. Don't misinterpret that. Um, altitude. Uh, our club has great size, so all kinds of different backgrounds. About 50 boats turned out for the event, and I think it was great success. We had fleets of etchels, uh, uh, J22s, J24s, Catalina 22s, Milders 24s and J80s as well as PHF, mm. including a Melges 32. He wanted to share a picture of a modification one of his crew members made to the sign for the bar tent. I'm sure you can see where this is going. He added blue tape spelling out karate with an arrow pointing to the social <laughs> talent. I thought it was Brilliant. Please have a look at the attached picture and feel free to share it on your socials. I have already put that up on uh, the Insta page, just announcing that. And he's put the boot into me as well. Um, I sail a J80 and was a little disappointed a couple of weeks ago when you questioned whether or not they even had a J80 Worlds any longer. The Worlds are coming up in Newport, Rhode Island at the beginning of October and currently 48 boats are registered. Many teams travelling from Europe. So please, in the future, try to show some respect for this early Mm. sports boat.
1: Damn right, Mike. You couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) About time you did some more research, Jordan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair Mm. enough. I take that one. I think, uh, in all honesty, my response was, are they? It was like I was asking myself a question rather than questioning the class. But uh, fair enough.
1: Well, I don't... And specific, it does confuse me a little bit. But when you look up to the left, I know you're lying. When you look up to the right, <laughs> I know you're questioning yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. So, whereas I don't know what you've got your computer set to, whether it, whether it mirrors or not. So, Mike, I'm sorry, mate. That was my mistake. <laughs> it,
0: it's mirrored. It's mirrored. Uh, I just just want to quickly. Uh, one person we're very fond of is Denise Del Mundo, and she she got uh, her friend Randy sent in a big note about her a few months ago, and she sent in a really lovely letter to us. We haven't had time to reply to you, but we've read it, Denise, and it's yep. uh, it's super cool. And uh, you know, we're, warms the cockles. Denise. Warms the cockles. We're fans, and we're yeah. She said some absolutely lovely things in that, so I just wanted to mention that we've read it. Of course, we've taken note of it, but uh, for the purposes of this week, much to your disappointment, Denise, you are not the listener of the week. It's going to Michael. Well,
1: she's already. She's currently FLOTW, right? That's right. She keeps it. It's on her <laughs>
0: sign off. That's exactly right. Very cool. It's hot time with bice. Hot, hot, hot.
1: Rightio Jordan mm-hmm. got a little quiz for you. Uh oh. What does Mark Mills mm-hmm. Ken Reid, mm-hmm. Tommaso Kiefi mm-hmm. all have in common?
0: Well the obvious one is flying knicker.
1: It's um- No, well, the obvious one was they've all been on bar karate. Oh. So that's it. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, uh, Maxi Worlds this week.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Costa
1: yeah. Yacht Club. Yeah. At time of recording, they would literally be in the Straits of Madalena on day one yeah, yeah. of the Worlds, 50-plus boats. Mm. And what I f- found quite striking here mm. You've got everything from the 1930s J-class Valshida up to the Flying Nika. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, absolute classic to pretty much the, what you would say, the most technically technically advanced boat Mm. who can sail in a fleet like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty keen to keep an eye on this. And wow. what's going to be happening flight like breeze wise and all that sort of stuff because it could be bloody interesting. There could be some big. I kind of, I guess, I refer to flying Nika here a little bit. There could be some big crashes and bangs. Yeah. If it's blowing. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, what a place to do it,
0: Costa Smelter. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other one, you know, amongst all the spam email we get, we get, we get some spam email from Norta Swan, and um, Ooh. who just launched, you know, well, through Persico Marine, the Swan 80, which will yes, be there. my song. My song. And what? that's a cool boat too. I mean. M Appleton, I think. It's on
1: yeah, the, yeah. Um, and a few others. So, yeah. They
0: sent us, us a little video and it was sexy as hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, you may remember when we went to that little pizza bar mm-hmm. and we did meet the world's second sexiest lady mm-hmm. there who sat next to us who happened to be an Aussie. Yes. And she gave you all your Instagram tips. So, thanks very much. Um
0: Oh, what was her name? She was a yoga the, chick. God, Belinda something. We should we should tell anyway, the listeners. I'm that sure story, she doesn't,
1: doesn't listen anymore. No. So, but um little shout out. Yeah. Um yeah, so we've got the uh, Maxi Worlds going on as I said at the start of the show, mate. It's it's all happening. You have got the Maxi Worlds, you got the Soul GP happening. France. Yeah. This weekend. So, there is there's enough time Oh, Maxiwell's finished Saturday, I think. So there is a slight clash. So not the perfect timing. But a week or two after that, then you've got the Laval Saint-Tropez anyway. So a lot of Mm. those boats will be making their way over. Mm. So it's a busy, busy time in that part of the Mediterranean.
0: Fantastic time. Yeah, obviously, it'd be very cool. Um, What else? What else you got? Anything else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've got to find my notes here again. (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> I've spent a lot of time on this.
0: I thought I did pretty well getting flying nicker. I thought I have nailed that.
1: Yeah, but- no, that was a good one. Um okay. When is the Bar curse not the Bar curse? Mm. The Clayton's Bar curse, we'll call it. Uh. Is uh unfortunately taken place this week with our mate Joel. Yeah, they the haven't. 49er worlds. Yeah. Um I was a little confused with actually the split between gold and silver fleet because um, they are on less points than some that made it into the gold fleet unless there was a mistake mm. in what I saw. Mm. But um, that was a pity. The Aussies, I mustn't, well, apologies to the non-Aussies out there, but yep. o- obviously that's a bit of an Aussie uh, theme here and I saw their results. We didn't really set the world on fire. No. I wouldn't say. No. Um, but still saying that, we haven't had the um, the medal races at time of recording, so well, that may flip a few things on its head.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in the, the 49er classes, yeah, she's um, she's looking a bit sus. I think in the 49er FX, they're pretty close, uh, so it be the last day for them and likely the last day for the 49ers as well. But at the moment, the interesting thing is if you are Dutch, um, both the men and the women in the 49ers is being led by Dutch teams, and mm-hmm. I would suggest that uh, Lambre and uh, van der Verken will not be losing the men's. Um, the Fantella boys are right behind them, and then Diego and Florian, uh, the Spanish team, then a couple of New Zealand teams. So New Zealand has still got some good form there, but in the uh, in the women's, in the FX, the Anhalt and Deutz, um, looking... looking it's not a, a, a runaway for them. They can still lose it, but uh, looking fairly likely. The other one, though, my friend, hmm. uh, I think all the racing's done. Well, the racing's still got to go. We've got another day to go, but I'm willing to call it uh, for uh, Tito and Banty. Um, have you looked at that scorecard in the NACRA no. 17? Go, go ahead. Um, it's been it's been a bit of an up and down, but they've done okay. Um, first, first, <laughs> Here first, we go. first, 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 twentieth, first, 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 second. Holy shit! <laughs> yes, I oh, know. <laughs> that's then they pull their finger out. <laughs> I think that that's unbelievable. And another Italian team in second, then the Poms in third. The
1: unassailable lead Un- going into the assailable. gold rush.
0: Unassailable. Is Not, that way you it's, it's all done, done and dusted. Yeah, done and dusted. Bar, yeah. the, bar the, shouting. But it's uh, it's interesting that one. I, I, I uh, whew, what a performance. Uh, our friends Jason, Lee's uh, in sixth. So the sixth, Aussies, yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. And potential cool. could move up. Um, there's another Italian team in fifth. So their squad, whoever's doing that little squad, is doing a great job. Um, mm. All I'll say. Have mm. Now, uh, I've got one
1: final one here for yeah. Hot Times. Yeah. Um, And parents out there, specifically in Oz, will get this. There's this book or a song out there called The Wonky Donkey. <laughs> now, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it in Spanish, but there would have been a lot of people standing on the beach in Barcelona <laughs> and they saw a wonky donkey fall over in a rain squall. Oh. The um. Oh. The Swiss America's Cup team mm. had a little mishap. Hmm. During the week, yes, coming in. Their first um, sail.
0: what their sales been up for five minutes or something.
1: Well, yeah, got caught in a rain squall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, we could say, you know, watch the weather and blah blah blah, but having been there and knowing what can happen in a very, very short amount of time, holding down the fort, oh, scary, scary must indeed. have been scary. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no criticism extended from us at all. Um, no, not at all. But, but it's lots of sympathy, you know, like what a nightmare for those poor guys and that whole team. Um, they're obviously on the waters early um, and there's mm. a couple of things that are coming out about Barcelona, obviously, the the weather like that. It's choppy, you know, like a, there's a bit of a swell runs through the course. So it's going to be interesting, this cup. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not to mention <laughs> a lot of the uh, TP guys would get hold of this, when we, not to mention that dude who just walks around with no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be well into his 80s now and, um, <laughs> you know, how things droop. Well, yeah, mm. anyway, <laughs> we'll leave it
0: to him. Wow. Uh, I was just going to say, you can talk. Adelaide has a renowned person wandering the streets as well, so... Remember?
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which,
0: we better wrap this up. I've got a few things on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, sympathies there. Um. What else have we got? Just a bunch of things happening. This. It's a busy week, as you said. Uh, oh, there's a reminder, Bart's Bash coming up
1: this weekend. Yep. So if you're listening to this during the week of the 5th, 10th and 11th, go to bartsbash.org or something. Yeah. Um, com, check it out mate see if your local clubs donor or a club around you get involved it's all for a fantastic thing connecting a lot of people and doing all the good things that sailing does
0: yeah so. one one of our mates AMAM, am, AM Alastair Murray mm-hmm. am um, yep. who is the chairman of Ronston and yep. um um you know he's he gave me some grief during the week too much too much Harken mentions. Um, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he, he threatened to uh, to give me some grief if I didn't mention the Taser Worlds. He's a mad passionate supporter of the Taser, as we know. It so is. September 17 to 25 in Seattle, Washington, mm-hmm. the Taser Worlds coming up. So heads up for that. Just wanted to make people aware of that. Um, A-Class. Um, you- is it, is it our friend A.M. – doing the worlds actually i haven't looked
1: i just or will he be hosting his world famous amam AM sessions mm. after the worlds where he uh he grabs the mic has a little chit chat mm. tells everyone you know a little spins a bit of a yarn here yeah, and there it
0: spins his so, little, it's got a little propeller cap he spins around in too. Um yeah. What else? Uh, so Taser Worlds, the A-class Euros are about to start this week. Um, the star boats. Yep, Star World Champs start on the eighth. So oh, yeah. that'll go. That goes for about two years. They go on and on. <laughs> Don't
1: <laughs> worry, we'll we'll mention it in, in um, <laughs> yeah, sometime in November when they finally
0: get a winner. <laughs> they keep going. Uh, FD World Champs. Oh, mate, too good. This, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the old Flying Dutchman, which is just a magnificent boat, uh, particularly for a skipper. Um, so they're underway. I think starting today, actually. Yeah. Um, so in with Club Verona, you Got club Verona. So uh, it's a, it should be a ton of fun for that one. So a lot of respect, mad respect for that that fleet. What else? Um, that's it, I think. Is there anything else you can think of, Bart Bash? Oh, nothing that
1: um that my notes that I lost would <laughs> yeah, there'd probably a whole lot of shitload of stuff on that. But um, no, I think that's it for the week, my friend. Cool. Looking cool. forward to catching up very soon. On uh, we got a pretty good guest coming up next week. Mm. So a young guy who's doing it all mm. right. Got more uh not as many flags as Phil Robertson. National flags, that is, but he's got a couple, <laughs> yes. so, yes. Um it'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah, cool.
0: All right, listeners. Um, BP is due back. We we have been talking to him. He's definitely coming back. Uh, I just, I'm not quite. It's up to him. We'll let him say what's going on. That's it's entirely in BP's hands. And uh, yeah. I think oh,
1: our listeners understand. Yeah. Oh, it's a tough time, mm. um, and there's a lot going on, so things have to be a little bit uh, yeah. looked after. Let's say, yeah, um, including our good mate. So, yeah,
0: be good to have him back. But one thing is good: he's still allowed to play his guitar and have a little bit of a sing song. So that's
1: right. Yeah, we yeah. get him in just for it. <laughs> so I'll just um, pat just page, uh, what do you call it? Um, patch him in. Here patch he is. Patch him in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Patching so, in BP now. Yep. And mid chorus.
0: See everyone. Have a great week. It's very trashous.
1: Good. So consistent as well. Don't hear a wave in the voice.